Hello everyone, welcome to Wayne and Kathy show. I'm your host uh, Wei Fang. Uh, just so you know that Kathy is, is still in California. She's busy with uh, some other work. So today we'll be alone here just uh, delivering to you this program today. Okay, Nancy Pelosi will be visiting, will be leading a small um, house representative delegation to Asia. What do we already know that he will be going to Japan, Singapore and uh, South Korea. And uh, actually, in the entire Chinese global uh, community, global Chinese community, people are asking, is she going to Taiwan? So far, it's still pending. Okay? And on Friday morning, which is this morning, Nancy Pelosi held a press conference before her trip. And the only thing she said is this. Here, hear me out. We want Congress to be part of the Biden administration's strategy in the Indo-Pacific. I'm very excited. Should we go to the countries that you will be hearing about along the way? About the conversation we'll have. We have global responsibilities. As for the question from the reporter, are you going to Taiwan or not? Her answer is still, we won't say that because of the, due to the security reason. While Pelosi is holding her mouth tight, the action from the CCP side, from China side, was really big. First, um, the PLA, the Chinese military, declared that they're going to do the, um, the, the, the shooting, okay, the, the shooting drill in, the, in one area of the Taiwan Strait, which uh, to anybody who understands Chinese, Chinese government, you understand that's like a warning shot, okay, and during the, for the, for the range of the water in the Taiwan Strait, where they do the, you know, the, the real shooting uh, drill, and no, yeah, no ship shall be allowed to come in. And then Hu Xijing, which is the former general editor of the Global, um, Global Times, which is basically a, a, like a political tabloid, okay? But there's no really no tabloid in China. Every piece of tabloid is, has been certified by the government. So basically, this, this person, Hu Xijing, is authorized to say things that uh, the authority is not convenient for the authority to say. So what did he say? He said, um, um, he said, Pelosi's planned visit to Taiwan will be viewed as an invasion, okay? He said the PLA has the right to forcefully dispel Pelosi's plane and the U.S. fighter jets, including firing warning shots and making tactic, uh, tactical movement of the obstruct, obstruction. If ineffective, then shoot them down. Wow, that's a pretty bold statement. And then a lot of U.S. media treat this as the, as, as the headline. And uh, looks like the, 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 you know, the atmosphere was really tense. And then, so what does the U.S. government respond? John Kirby, who is now the speaker of the National Security Council, he said uh, today that we see no physical, tangible indications of anything on towards with respect to Taiwan. And in the meantime, sources related, related to, to the Pentagon said the U.S. fighter jet are allowed to carry the maximum amount of ordnance as they um, patrol in the region. And one day earlier, the Ronald Reagan aircraft attack group is leaving Singapore and for South China Sea. So those are the most recent um, movement. But after all this, people are still asking, would Pelosi go to Taiwan? 
you know, does she dare to go to Taiwan? This still become a, a big puzzle that people are seeking answer. So if you ask me, how about this? And let me tell you my guess. I say Pelosi will be going to Taiwan, and the CCP couldn't do anything about it. Why? In Chinese, there's, word, there's this idiom, which is the same as English, but Chinese has some more. There's this idiom called a barking dog never bites. In Chinese, we have another, the second sentence saying that the biking dog never bark. <laughs> do you believe so? Well, okay, realistically, not necessarily so, right? But it's idiom that seems to both Eastern and Western culture honor. A barking dog never bites. Okay, the Hu Xijing, well, the, China, the CCP mouthpiece, was keep barking, and you know that he won't bite. If you want to bite, he probably will be very quiet, very silent, prepare for the fatal attack. Well, the, you know, Pelosi doesn't talk much, okay? She said, well, due to security reasons, I cannot say it. My guess would be she will be landing in Taiwan before anybody knows it, before she announces it. So what do you think? You know, let, let me know, you know, what do you think? If you think um, she'll be going, please just type it there, say yes. If you say she will not be going, then just type no. And, it, you know, and it just if you have a few more words, telling us that uh, whether, you know, what's your reason, that'd be even better, okay? So, but indeed, you know, this, this guessing game has become a hot topic of uh, many Chinese media. They're guessing virtually every single day, all right? Um, okay, so this is the first piece of news. Now, next, let's talk about uh, Supreme Court. As you know, Supreme Court is put to rest. They will be back, coming back only next uh, October. Uh, now, Justice Alito was in uh, Rome last week, so he delivered a keynote speech at a um, Notre, Notre Dame um, the law school over there. As, uh, so Alito, actually, he's a Catholic. So he went to Rome, possibly visiting, visiting the, um, well, the Pope or um, whoever, the Catholic people there. But in this keynote speech, and uh, he said something rather bold and then create a lot of uproar among the leftist media. Okay, what did he say? He said, uh, I had the honor, this term of writing, I think, the only Supreme Court decision in the history of that institution. That has been lambasted by a whole string of foreign, foreign leaders. Okay, and uh, the people was just laugh. And uh, he went on, he said, who felt perfectly fine commenting on the American law, okay? Alito also jokingly said, Johnson, Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister of the U UK, Boris Johnson has been ousted from the office due to his criticism, criticism of the decision. But he's, he also said, but others are still in office. Who are they? Like President uh, Micron of France and Prime Minister Trudeau of Canada. He said, I believe those two. And Alito went down and said uh, sarcastically that he was the most wounded by the Prince Harry, the Duke of uh, Sussex, who recently reacted to the court's decision by liking, likening it to the Russian invasion of Ukraine and a part of the overall global insult on democracy and freedom. Okay, so that's what he said. And um, but. Uh, I think as most media just zooming in on those, those, those are, you know, swiping. Actually, I think what's most important is the key thing that Alito tried to deliver in his keynote speech. 
Okay? And in that very speech, which lasted about 37 minutes, Alito reflected upon the parallels between the United States and Rome okay? as once a proud spiritual civilization and nevertheless proved no human achievement is ever permanent. Alito said, I found myself thinking about the proud civilization that was centered here uh, 2,000 years ago. Um, he said, as I think back, I also think ahead, and I wonder what historians may say centuries from now about the contribution of the United States to world civilization. Alito also said, one thing I hope that they will say is that our country, after lots of fits and starts, up and downs, eventually show the world that it's possible to have a stable and a successful society in which people of diverse faiths live and work together harmoniously and productively while still retaining their own beliefs. What do you think? Yeah, Alito also said, and he noted that the fact that Americans can exercise religious liberty has been truly a historic accomplishment for the country. And in this United States, the justice, um, well, he said, uh, where religious liberty goes hand in hand with many other rights, a growing host hosti hostility, host yeah, hostility towards religion is threatening the protection of these sacred rights across the country. And Alito said, uh, and the problem that looms is not just indifference to religion. It is not just ignorance about the religion. There's also growing um, hostility to religion, or at least the traditional religious beliefs that are contrary to the new moral code that's, that is uh, ascendant in some sectors. Okay, Alida said that we consider the relationship between the freedom of speech and the freedom of assembly. And the religious service in the church is a form of assembly. If a government can ban those assemblies, will it hesitate to outlaw others? On the other hand, he said, if religious freedom and liberty is allowed, it will be harder for the state to restrict other speech and other assemblies. So basically he's saying that religious you know, freedom is the, the liberty, religious liberty is the forefront, is the, is the first line of defense to the other form of the rights or other forms of um, freedom of this country. And um, so he said, uh, while most legal academics nowadays believe that religion does not merit special protection, um, he said that the Constitution of the United States provides a clear answer to the question whether religious liberty warrants protection. And he said the Constitution protects the free exercise of religion. And for judges like me who think to the belief that it matters what the Constitution says and what it does not say, and that's enough. It's the law, it's the law and don't ask me why. Yeah, so what do you think? What do you think about his speech? I want to know that, uh, what's your opinion? Okay, and so far on the farm, you said Nancy playing game. But what do you think is, uh, you know, what, what, what kind of game is she playing? And uh, Louis, uh, you ask, what is the banking situation in China? They still keep people from money, from their money, which I will be talking about next, okay? And uh, Famila Cosmo said she's already there. Is that right? Basically, I, yeah, I've been checking news every 
couple of hours. I haven't done that in the last two hours. Is she already there? If she's there, that's very, very interesting. And Marcus said, please leave a thumb up. Okay, leave a thumbs up for this truth in broadcasting. Thank you very much, Mark. All right, so while we talk about this, there's some special religious, uh, how to say, religious liberty infringement in this country, not by our government, but believe it or not, by a foreign government. So Kathy and I reported to you about this uh, meditation exercise called Falun Gong from China, right? So Falun Gong is a meditation exercise based upon the value of truth, compassion, and tolerance. And it grows so fast in the 1990s, and over 100 million people pick it up, the exercise. And it's like a standing movement and uh, sitting meditation, but due to its uh, large number of followers, the government of China you know, banned this exercise and since then carry on a very, very brutal persecution. But what is strangest, uh, the long arm of the Chinese government extending to this country. So all over the nation, Falun Gong practitioners went to you know, join parade, pass down the flyers, talking, you know, which do which um, inform people of the persecution in China and holding like a, well, information booth. But they were attacked, harassed, sometimes even, yeah, basically, yeah, just violently um, attacked by the proxy or the agent of the Chinese government. And pretty much, you know, you know let me just share you with this, whether you believe it or not. <laughs> this is what I know the truth. Chinese government pretty much see Chinese all over the world the, the diaspora, okay, all over the world as their, as their subjects. They think they are the government for all Chinese all over the world, whether they have naturalized you know, to the other country or not. So their consulate, their embassies in the in, in United States, they just they move around and assuming they are the leader, they are the official, they are the, they are the ruler, and then talking to Chinese, talk down to Chinese people that way. For some reason, due to the cultural reason, and then those China, many Chinese people, they just, you know, they, 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 they accept that, all right? So for the Falun Gong practitioner who tried to spread the truth about what happened in China, they were attacked, they were just uh, bullied by the people that uh, the, consul, the Chinese consulate or the embassy, you know, sent. So that's, that's that has been happening. So there's a lawsuit against, uh, against those people, and... Um, listing 40 incidents of threat and physical assault against uh, the Falun Gong practitioner for their participation of those events. And in one particular case, and uh, 20 or 30 thugs just uh, surround a, a two Falun Gong practitioner and holding them for you know, two, 30 minutes and, uh, until the police arrived. And the mob yelled, kill her, and beat her to death. And this has happened in this country, okay? Believe it or not. So the lawsuit actually was dismissed by the lower court, and now it's being appealed. And then 32, um, the AG, or attorney generals across the nation, in a joint amicus brief, described the point of, view, point of law in the case uh, as an issue of national importance and uh, supporting the religious freedom of Falun Gong practitioners. So, of course, we're not talking about the, how to say, infringement of uh, religious freedom by our government, it's by a foreign government, but, but that's, even, you know, that, that's, that's even worse. If we cannot you know, protect our people, fend, fend off those uh, foreign uh, persecution, how can we say we, it's, a, it's a safe country? So that has been happening, but uh, fortunately, um, those AGs that are speaking out and um, you know, fighting for every battle, 
on the religious freedom is very, very important, in my opinion. And I've been doing this, uh, how to say, this is called the uh, 28 Founding Principles of the United States in the Chinese, okay? I'm doing the Chinese program, of course. My source of information is from English by uh, Professor Paul Skolson. Okay, so among the 28 founding principles identified by the founding fathers, the, the very second one, basically one of the leading ones, they are about religious freedom. It's really the cornerstone of this country. And uh, because of the strong faith and the strong religion, religious belief, we can build a solid, um, how to say, moral, moral on top of it. And uh, on top of that, we build, you know, great, great society, great culture, and great products, and so on and so forth. If this country, we no longer have our religious freedom, we no longer have our religious value, nothing else will stand on top of it, right? So, so it's very important, and, um, and I'm very glad that Justice Alito called it out in a very bold way. Okay, he was attacked, he has been attacked since yesterday, the publishing of the, the, this 37 minutes uh, piece. But, you know, he's st still standing firm there. And, um, okay, so now next let's talk about China. Okay, what was in China? Actually, there's a few pieces of news which is uh, rather important. And uh, so one has to do with uh, um, the Hengda, you know, the, the, the ever, ever grande, okay, and in that company, it's been, it's now is, um, cannot pay, the, pay their debt, the, the due debt, and now it's already underwater, carry the debt of uh, 2 trillion RMB. 2 trillion RMB is, is about like a 3,000, I'm sorry, 300 billion US dollars. And at, this, at the end of this month, they're supposed to come up with a, their reorg, reorg plan. Okay, so far the government does not allow it to go bankrupt, because they, they cannot, they don't have, you know, they don't have any, how to say, confidence in handling the fallout of their bankruptcy, the, the, the so-called social instability. Uh, and uh, they don't rescue them because they think there's too much money to rescue a, you know, a company with a $2 trillion in debt. And then, okay, and then they, they, can, they, they, they won't, yeah, they, they won't, let it, let, they won't let it fall. So, so far, it's, uh, then, in the meantime, this company just leaving it alone, and then it just snowballs its debt. So it becomes bigger and bigger. So that's a big shadow um, of the economy in China. In the meantime, four other companies, they, um, they couldn't pay back the debt. This is what has happened in the last one, one week. And three of them, they are public company on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. So some of them, they just owe as little as like a, you know, $12 million. They cannot even pay that. So which means the real estate industry in China is in really, really big trouble. And to talk about it, Louis, you ask about, you know, in the Henan province, right? People save their money, put their money, deposit their money in the bank, someday just disappear. And have they got their money back? No, they have not. The government promised everybody will get their 50,000 RMB, which is about like what, like $8,000, um, you know, protected. But ended up, they did not, did not give all this money to everybody. Only a very, very small portion, maybe like just 2% of people got that 50,000 RMBs. All the other people, they, they still don't. So it's like an empty promise. So because of that, recently, um, China Bank in Sydney, believe it or not, in Sydney, 
and the Chinese people, especially those students, overseas students who have accounts in Chinese bank, they're lining up there, long line, to do what? Take their money back. So would that be the starting place of a bank run? We don't know. But we, I know that if there is a bank run, it will mean big trouble for the Bank of China because they, you know, they lend out too much. They don't have enough you know, deposit there. They don't have any reserve there. So the bank run will really cause huge trouble to them. And another piece of, uh, two pieces of survey in China, just so you know, that uh, one is, uh, again, by the China Bank, which is showing that uh, as high as 58% of uh, consumers, now they chose to save more. And another survey on the, on the, to the peop on the people of under 40 years old, and uh, then shows that 7% of them don't save, okay, 7%. And 40% of them save, and among them, 27%, they save more than 50% of their salary, monthly salary, to, to do what? To prepare for possible unemployment and a possible sickness, okay? So this shows that Chinese people now, and uh, you know, the government propaganda is still saying that we are the number two economy and uh, aiming to become number, number one, but for vast number of people, most people in China, okay, they're trying to you know, go frugal and uh, be, be, you know, save a lot, to prepare for the rainy time. And the Chinese economy has three, how to say, three, three main pillars. One is the real estate, the second is uh, export, the third is consumption. Okay, and then, you know, real estate is, gone, is, is basically is down, and now I've just shared with you the survey, it means that um, consumer spending has been, it's going soft. And what is left is only export. Export where? Well, you can guess, export this country. And uh, Biden tried to lower the tariff so that the, the, the goods can come in more easily. Um, but if in this, this country, if we are in the so-called uh, stagflation, then that will hurt our buying power, that will impact on the third pillar of the China's economy. So as you know, that uh, um, yesterday the data came out that the US economy entered the second uh, quarter's contraction, okay? And uh, what would happen down the road? Would we have the third? Actually, I talked to an um, economic, economics professor in the um, University of Buffalo, and he shared with me that, that uh, he, he does see that the third quarter of a contraction come in, and the Fed has been too dovish. You know, the action seems to be hawkish, but their talk is dovish. Because of that, um, the investor doesn't believe them. They don't think they are raising the inflation. Well, you know, raise the the interest high enough, so they're still coming in and buy up the stock. So, we, which means what? Well, which means we will still have hype inflation. It may come down a little bit, but it probably will still stay at a 6% or 7% while our economy will slow down. The stagnation and inflation usually don't go in hands in hand. But in our situation, it seems that we will get that, which is last time we got it is 40 years ago. So believe it or not, that's, that's, that's very likely where we'll be. Okay, let me read a little bit about what you say. And uh, my son Randall, you wrote, I hope Pelosi goes, but I worry about what goes on on those long phone calls between my friend Xi and uh, Biden. Yeah, I gotcha. So my, basically my cap is this. The two guys talk for two hours and 17 minutes. Then each of them go back to write their own summary the two things does not even match. 
So it's like a, they got no result after 100, what, 37 minutes of talk. But the two leaders of the country, don't they have anything better to do? And every, this is already the fifth time. They spend so much time just talking to each other. For what? There's no result. There's no consensus. And even out of the same meeting, their, their press releases is just like, a, you know, each of, the, each of them just went to different places. Right? So it's ridiculous. And why do they still do that? Let me share with you my point of view. It's because Biden wants it. Biden have this notion, which is very Western. Okay? They want to compete. You know, Biden administration want to compete with CCP okay? and with some guarding, how to say, um, guarding frail. They, they want to compete, but they don't want to kill, kill each other. They don't want to, have to get things out of control. So their belief is that, is that as we compete, we talk to each other. Often enough, that will prevent disaster from, you know, from occurring. It's a very good intention, but doesn't work with CCP. If it's your, you know, you're your neighbor, if your co-workers, yes, indeed, there's this, you know, this uh, idiom that's, that can be never too much communication. Communication will eliminate mis misunderstanding, reduce the chance of uh, you know, uh, attrition, and then even just uh, uh, trigger any crisis. So that's what they believe in, what Biden administration. And uh, for, for Xi Jinping, what's, what's his point of view? Okay? Actually, it's not a normal neighbor. It's not your co-worker. CCP is a monster. It's a monster who once get enough strength and once see the opportunity will come and bury you, bury us. That's what CCP is. Okay, having this, maintaining this channel of communication virtually does nothing. Okay, CCP only respects strength. So what we should do is what uh, Trump administration learned at the near the end of uh, their term, which is you know, cut the tie, even leave no ambassador there. Be strong. They will come to you know, plead with you. That's indeed what would happen. Every Chinese expert who understands China knows how to deal with them that way. But Biden's still taking this such a naive way, saying that, let me treat you nice. You probably will treat me nice. They don't do it that way. Okay, it's not a normal human being. You're, you're talking about the evil force there, whose only aim, whose long-term aim is to bury U.S., destroy U.S., and um, so, but anyway, Biden still want to talk to him and maintain this so-called open communication to Xi Jinping, talking to in the leader, the president of the number one country in the world, will, will give him credibility, you know, in the party. So it's like, why not? A couple of hours. Okay, just do that talk, senseless talk. But, um, you know, that, that's basically the why these two guys, these two people, um, you know, waste one or two hours Every, every few months. And um, yeah, so that's the situation. And uh, as to what they, what they you know, talk about exchange uh, during that talk you know, a few days ago, I think a little. I do think a little, not too much. Okay, so um, yeah, that'll be all for today. And Kathy will be arriving on Sunday. So next week we'll be doing program again, uh, together again. And thank you very much for staying with us. Really appreciate it. Now it's Friday night, and I wish you have a great weekend. And, uh, and take care, okay? And I'll see you again. Thank you.